0: Welcome to The Grow Show with me as your host, Joe Camarado. I am an entrepreneur who created my company, National Business Capital, from literally zero dollars out of my spare bedroom to over two billion in business loans secured for entrepreneurs nationwide. Since 2007, I've seen just about every type of business. I provide money and help entrepreneurs access capital to scale fast. But I also know that it's possible for you as you scale to replace yourself to build systems, processes, and great teams of people that can live on without you so you can actually enjoy your life and your company can still grow. I will not only tell you the peaks and valleys of my story, but I will also bring on world-class entrepreneurs to tell their stories and share their lessons on their growth journeys. Welcome to The Grow Show. All right, all right. Welcome to The Grow Show. With me as your host, Joe Camberato. Super excited to have rock star entrepreneur with me today, Jessica O. Matthews, um, who is amazing, excited to hear about her story, and Jessica was also a co-host on my show, uh, my other show, uh, The Fund Tank. So uh, welcome, Jessica. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Joe. My pleasure. And so a little bit about Jessica, um, some really cool stuff. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, inventor, social scientist with more than 10 years of demonstrated thought leadership in future uh, in the future of smart cities, climate resiliency, and improving equitable access to infrastructure resources. Uh, Jessica's career started at the age of 19 with her invention of the socket, an energy-generating soccer ball. Really cool stuff. I want to talk about that. At the age of 22, uh, Jessica founded Unchartered, um, and uh, the founder and CEO of Uncharted, a sustainable infrastructure company that helps cities reduce the cost of developing smart infrastructure worldwide which talk about timing for, uh, for a business like that. Uh, Forbes, 30 under 30 in 2014, a dual citizen of Nigeria and the United States. Jessica's degree in psychology and economics from Harvard University and an MBA from Harvard Business School. Um, welcome, Jessica. Like really, really great stuff. And, and I don't have on here, but I think you were the youngest black woman at the time uh, to raise the most amount in a Series A. Is that is that true?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I was the youngest at the time, but when I raised my Series A, I I had raised the most that any Black woman had ever raised at that the time. The most, that's that,
0: what it was. I yeah, apologize. at that yes. time in, in yes. 2016,
1: that now has been surpassed, thank God, um, because it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know an insane amount, but um, but yeah, it's it's been a fun ride and. What can I say? I took a degree in psychology and economics and what I like to call a Ph.D. in Google. Uh, and <laughs> I turned <laughs> an idea for an energy generating soccer ball into a, a data infrastructure company. Just that's, un- that.
0: that's unbelievable. And was that the soccer ball like when you kicked it, it would generate Android, and it would also light up? Is that...
1: It, it's not the one that lights up. It's the okay. one that you, so when you would play with it, when it rolled around, it would actually harness that energy from play, that kinetic energy. And then it would store that power inside of the ball and you can plug things into it. So just like, oh. that's what we called it, the socket, um, soccer and socket. You could literally plug sense. things in and you can get like an hour of play would give you about three hours of light. And um, it, I created it first really because um you know, my my why starts with my family in, in Nigeria. Um, and I, I wanted to create something that would inspire brilliant people like my own cousins who live in Nigeria, who are trained engineers, to see the world not just as it is, but as it could be, to kind of approach to approach the the problems in their community, the approach the problems like with infrastructure. The way they approached playing soccer the way they approached play with just kind of excitement and hope and passion um and so i wanted to create something that would that would connect in that way and the 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 first prototype was a shake the charge flashlight inside of a hamster ball so like (laughs) you i I don't know if people realize sometimes like the the (laughs) It, I like to call myself an innovator. I, I love the idea of invention. I was telling you earlier that if I had to describe myself, it's, you know, if you can imagine Beyonce and Bill Nye, the science guy, having, a- <laughs> I
0: always
1: say love, love child that. because like, you know, it's just, I don't think their parents would be okay with it. And I just prefer the idea of being like this, like, Love child, this John Snow
0: character
1: <laughs> in the uh in the corner. Um
0: You're the Beyonce of energy.
1: <laughs> listen, I I try. It's hard.
0: It's very, very
1: hard. Uh I would just just be famous. <laughs> listen, I was literally just talking to my makeup artist. Like, she was going through this whole thing about eyeshadow, and I was like, girl, and she's like, I don't get it's so easy. And I was like, no, artificial intelligence is easy. That's what I find. It. I find AI
0: <laughs>
1: the way th- this eyeshadow is literally as difficult as AI. Um, but yeah, no. And so I I started there and kind of uh, built it up, built it up, ended up uh, actually manufacturing tens of thousands of units um, and having them distributed in Sub-Saharan Africa, Nigeria especially. And we we still distribute the products each time we go and work in different communities where we're helping them with their infrastructure. Uh, Because even though we started to realize that the best way to help wasn't just to inspire, but also to provide the local governments and the local communities with the tools that they needed to actually fix their infrastructure, we realized that you never want to forget the kids, because um, you get this like Emperor's New Clothes vibe, right? Like the kids will always be the ones to keep everyone honest, and so we created a what? whole STEM education around it, and yeah, that's that's how I got started.
0: That's awesome. And did you did you grow up in Nigeria? I grew
1: up actually in upstate New York. Uh, I was born in upstate New York, but my parents, my dad lives, spends about 60% of his time in Nigeria. We, he does a lot of his work in Nigeria. And I would say we go back at least once a year. Sometimes with work now, it's a little bit difficult, but in the last, in the last two years, I've been back four times.
0: Oh, cool. That's awesome. And how did you go like work your way, like get into Harvard and how did that journey, you know, start? And then I really want to understand how you you've you know found your way into this whole energy world
1: yeah, it it definitely I definitely wasn't one of those people who was like, "Let me do some research and determine which market I should jump into." Um, like I said, my family had a need, you know, uh, in Nigeria and places like Nigeria you can just expect to lose power every single day. And it doesn't matter if you're in the village or in like the most cosmopolitan city, you're losing power every single day and it's impacting the way you design your entire life. You either relying on kerosene lamps or diesel generators and kerosene lamps, literally, I think the WHO said, they're like living, it's basically living with a kerosene lamp. It's like smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. So, So, if you have that and it starts to become your norm and you start to just adjust to that, then each time I was in Nigeria, that was my life as well. And I was just seeing I was just seeing too much of life feel less than, right? And so, when I was seventeen, everything sort of started to click around then. I was in Nigeria for my aunt's wedding. Um, we lost power. We expected to lose power. and uh, they brought in a diesel generator just to keep the festivities going and the fumes were really bad at that time. So I started to complain. And my cousins uh, my cousins said, don't worry, you'll get used to it. And I remember huh. thinking, uh, get used to what exactly, right? Like we know this is horrible for the environment. We know this is killing us. And I, it just, I couldn't believe that the the solution was to pretend like there wasn't a problem. And again, all my cousins are like trained industrial, chemical, mechanical engineers, cause like hashtag Nigeria, right? Like, but I was just like, so you can't even imagine a public-private partnership or some new innovation that could solve this problem. Uh, but I, I didn't do anything with it at that point. I just remember being kind of struck by oh. that. Um, and then- Usually how it starts. Yeah, and then that following, year like that like basically that was over the summer following years my senior year of high school and um three members of my family passed away uh and it was you know like sometimes people just have sometimes families just have those years that just suck that you're just like man like like and it it just it was one of those years um and so basically we lost my aunt, who is younger than I am now, um we lost my grandfather um who was relatively young he's seventy two um, and we lost my uncle and it was the the aunt, father and grandfather for my cousins that i was I was referring to earlier. I mean, it was all on my mom's side and i th- I think you know so you have your my mom, I'm seeing my mom who had already years back dealt with the loss of a child, who's now going through this rough year and feeling stuck because she's in the US, like we're in school. She like, all of these things are happening. She lost her baby sister and and all of these deaths were things that could have been 100% avoided, if not at least somewhat delayed. If, if they had the infrastructure that that I know is possible, right? Because it's one thing to lose power at a wedding, it's another thing to lose power at the hospital. It's another Mm -hmm. thing to realize that like infrastructurally, there are things that just don't make sense in their environment. Like my aunt who has severe asthma and like part of the way she passed was from a severe asthma attack, knowing that across the street from where she lived, because they didn't have a system for picking up trash, there was just a massive mound, a massive like, like compound, building size mound of trash burning. Oh, jeez. Trash burning, and so, and I remember seeing it being like, what? What what is this right across the street? Um, And so it was that moment, I remember sitting in like my AP psychology class, it was that moment when I was like, "I, I can't live like this. Like I cannot pretend like there's no problem. I cannot just take this laying down I have to do something, um, and I think it was also recognizing that these members of my family not only not only did they just pass away in my mind semi prematurely, but they probably took their last breath thinking the same thing my cousins think. You just got to get used to things. You shouldn't bother assuming or hoping things will change. And so I think at that moment I was like, I could literally dedicate my entire life to addressing that. It's a ma- and like, I, without knowing it at the age of 18, I basically told myself that I would dedicate my life to trying to solve this very hairy, very difficult problem um, because even just the journey would, would, would feel right. Um, and so that, from that point, everything just becomes kind of like how you articulate the problem. When I first thought the problem was that, you know, people like my cousins weren't inspired to even try, I came up with an energy generating, you know, soccer ball, energy generating jump rope. When I learned that the issue was a little bit more complicated, then the solution got compl- more complicated. Um, but I didn't, I didn't back down. I just learned more. I grew more, right? Like in terms of growth, <laughs> I had to grow. Are we allowed to curse? I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: sure. Go for it. I, I like... <laughs>
1: There it's was a there was about a there business
0: was a, and entrepreneurship. If you don't curse, you're not making Yeah, not I curse. <laughs> um,
1: the the growth was the growth had to be insane. Let's just say that. And it but it was like each time I would do something, I would learn more. I would do something, I would learn more. Um, and it took about it took about a, a decade of work to realize that it, it wasn't just about inspiration, though that that's part of it. It wasn't just about needing some like cool new infrastructural solutions. Like um, my team, we created an energy generating speed bump that when you drove over it, it would generate a kilowatt of energy. Um, But even that was cool, but it didn't get there. Once we realized that the thing that in every single disadvantaged community around the world, the, the thing that's always present is a data problem that people with whatever resources they have, they're spending most of their time collecting, correcting, sharing this information in some siloed way. And all of this stuff is either resulting in people not having the information they need. And so they're making the wrong decisions. They're spending money in the wrong way. Projects that should take 30 days are taking three years. Once you realize that all these things are happening, that like, it's actually more about how infrastructure is being developed versus what infrastructure is being developed that's when we created our Google for government, our Google for infrastructure. And um, yeah, that's when we started to see disadvantaged communities go from having a decade of failed infrastructure, a decade of failing to get any grants, any funding, to after one year of using our service, being able to get millions of dollars of, of funding that they never got before and being able to develop the infrastructure that their community actually needs.
0: Wow. And- <clears throat> Well, two things. One is when you were 18 and like that, was that in that moment too, was that where you said, Hey, I want to go off and be an entrepreneur and figure this out? Like what, what, what was that moment?
1: (laughs) You know? No, I think I always liked the idea of being an inventor. Like I remembered watching Rugrats and being like, and seeing Tommy's dad and being like, he is so ridiculous. I would be a much better inventor than him. Like I remember just looking at me like, (laughs) being like, you're definitely right there. I was like, who is this hobo-ass man in his (laughs) freaking robe just doing God knows what while like his wife is out here doing everything. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) He's, no, no, don't like that. Um, I always thought like for me first, it was like the idea of being an inventor. Um, I think I went to business school, even though a lot of what I learned, I learned more, you learn more out of business school. I went to business school because while in college was when like you know I started the business right. I started first I started I first started a company called Socket Inc. Where oh you want to talk about fucking mistakes? Where me and whoever else was in the gr- the group we I gave we all had equal equity because like oh my god we'd be nice and fair and like everyone was in the group <laughs> yeah, yeah. we all had equal equity no vesting oh, period we stalemated yep. for like we were stalemated for. <laughs> Six months, and then I had to dissolve that shit and be like, right, that doesn't make sense. Created Uncharted at the time was Uncharted Play. But I remembered going, I only created the company in college because um, I remembered having like one of the prototypes and going to an event and trying to get partners to scale it. And I went to an event where someone who was very high up in marketing at Coca-Cola was there. And I walked up to him and I was like, about to do my whole thing. And he's like, I'm gonna stop you right there. I know who you are, I know what this is, you need to become a business so people can do business with you. And that was when I was like, oh, right. So you can't just take, you can't just have an idea. You can't just have a product. If you want your innovation to scale and have the most impact, like business is a vehicle for impact. Business is a vehicle for scale. And so that's probably when I realized, okay, I need to build a business. And then I went to business school because I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I think I went to business school when I was 24. And I literally went because I was like, I'm walking into these rooms and I'm nervous. I'm walking to these rooms and I'm afraid that they're going to say something fancy in business talk. And I'm not going to know what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm, and they're going to tell. And so I, I went to business school so that I would have the confidence to walk into any room and say, at a relatively young age, right? So the other way is just to live life, but I had to accelerate it. I wanted to be, walk out at the age of 26, and if someone says something to me in business, I can be like, you just fucking made that shit up. That's, th- we didn't learn that at fucking HBS.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: and that's, and that's, so that, I felt like I really became a businesswoman at the age of 26.
0: Wow. And, and then, when and then did you and you still kind of had Uncharted going? Like, when did you go and raise money for that? And, like, yeah. when did that really start to like, how did yeah. that all go down? I think, and you, I think you raised money from Magic Johnson, right? Yeah, Magic Johnson's
1: on my board. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. So, man, yeah, the fundraising process. So, yes, I did the very difficult thing of running my company full time in New York City and commuting about eight to 10 hours every week to go to school in person, um, in Boston.
0: Oh, uh,
1: and th- for two years, I gained wow. 50 pounds. Um, it was still the hardest thing I've ever done. Like it was just, it was incredibly hard. So that the good news was that it trained me like nothing after that ever felt too hard. Cause I was like, I I had to do this, <laughs> but I remember raising. So the first, the first thing, first it was like, you know little like grants, loans, things like that. When we needed to kind of get a little bit more raised our first round, it was like a convertible debt round. And I remember, you know, kind of just like seeing some people reached out cause they had seen some press um, And I had to kind of do pitches with them. I went on one platform that kind of brought some investors to us. And a lot of it was just kind of networking people who I was aware of just in the world. Um, And I remember like driving to the city to do a pitch for like a $10,000 investment. And then having (laughs) to drive back with my book in my lap because I had to study for an exam that was the next day. Wow. Oh my God. Thank God.
0: Talk <laughs> about making it happen though.
1: It was, yeah. The things you could do, I don't, Joe, did we talk, like the things we could pull off in our twenties, like, barely <laughs> <Yes>. asleep, <laughs> like barely, well, if you guys would do that right now, I'm 35. I'd be like, no,
0: no. Yeah, it's I don't know. so funny. I, I used to work till one, two o'clock in the morning. I'd be back at it at 7.00 AM. I'd sneak a workout in it. I don't even know at some point. And yeah, I turned 40 last year and, damn, like I just, that, that level of energy, I mean, I still got a decent amount of energy and I, I'm still moving, you you know, but But the things that I would do in my twenties and early thirties, I mean, damn.
1: (laughs) I remember one time in my, like, I remember like about a decade ago, I was like, I worked a 23 hour day and like, I was still moving. Now there's just, there's, I think now it's all about the same energy, but we, we work smarter right? We were thinking about things more holistically. I think we're thinking about things more efficiently. We have teams. Um, But yeah, I, so I I raised that and then um, graduated from business school in 20, I went to business school in 2012, graduated in 2014. I raised the series A that we were discussing earlier in 2016. Um, So that was two years out where, you know, I'm walking around able to say, fuck you, you made that shit up like a little bit, which is key, key, um, you know, and growing. And, um, and before I, before I raised that round, I brought our energy generating play product business, I, I, I was able to turn that into a seven figure business with a, I think it was like a, 50, 54% profit margin, um, like selling energy generating soccer balls. And like, like mid, like it was like a mid seven, like almost, almost eight figure business. Um, I had to do that before I could go and raise money from anyone. I had to show that I could make money. Uh,
0: Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so that was, that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was cool and kind of, getting it there. Um, and then the fundraise, yeah, Magic invested, um, a few funds invested, but we tended to go to individuals more, uh, angel investors who who would understand the mission and the, and the vision and, and be able to not just see us as like, a, you know, some sort of like some numbers on a spreadsheet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And now Uncharted, like just so everyone like kind of understands. Yeah. When you talk about infrastructure, is that in the U.S., out of the U.S., both, you know, uh, give give me like an example of like how you would work with someone and, and how your business works.
1: Yeah. So it, it started as very much international. Once the pandemic hit, we started to go much more deep in the U.S. We actually are working on some projects still in Sub-Saharan Africa as well. Um, now that the pandemic has allowed us to kind of, restretch our, our wings, but we we ended up doing a lot of work in the United States. And so the the way that we work, we we basically created, like I said, a, a Google for infrastructure. So think about the way you used to write papers or do anything before Google and post Google, or now it's before Chat GPT and post yeah, Chat GPT, yeah. right? Like how much time things took versus at post. So when people in a community whether it's a citizen, uh, we've primarily work with governments, but we're now starting to see how we can scale to citizens with all this money that's coming from the federal government. But when you look at a local government, they have X amount of money and they have to figure out how to fix the energy and system with the utility, the water, you know, to make sure that they're not overcharging for water, to make sure that it's clean water. They're thinking about infrastructure for clean air. They're thinking about transportation from the street lights to the, um you know, the, the parking systems, all of those different things kind of fall into infrastructure. We started with energy, but we started to, what we started to find was that they were all interrelated. And so that we Got have it. to approach this. Yeah. Like water issues are often energy issues because oftentimes like what's making water expensive is an energy issue in terms of pumping that water to people. I see. So it's like, it, it can be things like that. Sewer and sanitation issues, can be energy issues, right? Because like, for example, one community working in their, their waste transfer station burned down. And they're like, well, what can we do to build something that would actually generate revenue for the community versus something that's going to increase taxes for the community? And we're like, well, why don't you put in its place a waste to energy plant that turns garbage into and, and, energy
0: wow, and generates? Wow.
1: So so what our, what, our, what our platform does is it allows basically one, It centralizes all the information that's in different file folders or in some dude who retired three years ago, like his pocket. We go out and we get all the information and we centralize it and put it in one place and fuse it together and make it so that it is searchable. So you don't need to have a dashboard. It's as simple as how you would type in something on Google or ChatGPT. It gives you the information immediately and that cuts down about half the time and half the cost in any project that they want to do so that they have that information to as they're planning infrastructure projects. And then it also uses that information to basically provide recommendations on what they should be doing. Right. So for example, like, you know, the average small town is not going to know about a waste energy plant, but now they have this tool that's saying, Hey, based on all these factors, you should consider this project. Here's the ROI on it. And they you know New York City, Chicago, LA they have a hundred people on staff to do that. the small town that has thirty thousand people, maybe forty thousand people they don't have anybody to do that um, and so that's that's how they're able to use basically use this platform as this like extra tool that helps them do their job so it's hundred percent decision support. Um, not making decisions for them providing that feedback and guidance and we kind of added in like an amazon feature in that it's not just helping them organize information and get that information and get recommendations on how to build infrastructure in a more efficient and equitable way but then when it's time to actually do the work we provide access to vetted contractors to get the work done and what we're about to start doing is providing access to vetted um financial partners to help finance the work as well because you can't always get the money from from grants and so we help governments with that and with all this money now that's coming from the federal government it's it's huge right like
0: it's an the communities time are it. getting
1: millions of dollars and they never had all this money before and they're trying to figure if they out what have, do i
0: do right what <laughs> do i
1: do what, like if yeah. you
0: go to the average it's community, great you've got the money but now it's like where how do i do it invest it and, and the other thing I think you said was important is, and, and it's so, it's good to hear this because I feel like, unfortunately, government doesn't look at a lot of things like a business. So they'll do these things that just cost us more money to, like, you know, like the waste thing, like, boom, now you turn it into a revenue center versus a revenue, exactly. you know, sucker. Um, exactly. and, and, and it's cool to hear that these things are actually happening because we need more of this in our country because you know I, I look at our our, our government unfortunately is like this giant business that like has never taken the time to trim the fat and make things more efficient and also like focus on hey maybe we can make a profit from some of this stuff so it's cool to hear that you're helping with some of this because I think it's needed to for long-term sustainability for our country and to keep winning
1: oh yeah I mean so w- right now in the United States we have this once in a generation thing happening we got, trillions of dollars coming out and saying to to states to communities and they're saying hey use this money to fix your infrastructure so everything we rely on from our connectivity and wi-fi because there's still like a billion people in this country that do not have access to reliable internet and when when there's a pandemic or whatever you have to go to school online like they were kind of shit out of luck to make sure water is clean People should not be wondering if the water is clean and we see the things that are happening. We shouldn't have a cold snap, right? And then half the people in Texas don't have energy. Like, this is ridiculous. And so there's ways to fix this. There are new technologies and new solutions, but the people who control the money are not the people who understand the technologies, how to build them, how to select them, how to make sure they work. And so we give them a Google that gives them the stuff that they need to become yeah. people.
0: That's amazing. That's awesome. It, it's unbelievable that you, you know, you basically have created this from nothing. And uh, <laughs> I truly respect that, you know, and and I respect it. I mean, I, I created my platform at national business capital. There was nothing, you know, not a, a single place where a business owner could apply. If they got turned down from a bank, they didn't know where to go. So essentially you're doing that for governments to navigate, you know, there, you know, energy and infrastructure, and yeah. there's not like a, a place to go and you created it. And, um, and it's not an easy thing to do to pull all that stuff together. And I'm sure to the databases and the technologies to pull those things together, it must've been, and, and probably is just a never end back build. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really I mean, cool.
1: the, 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 the biggest piece of it all was really radically simple yet radically efficient. The, there were other companies that were trying to do this, but it was one, crazy expensive. And two, you basically had to be a data scientist or like, a, you know, at least a data analyst to use it. The, the I navigate
0: that, government, <laughs> you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so for us, it was like, you should just be someone who's semi-literate. Like that should be all you
0: need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Well, just because we're coming on top of time here um, and I really loved hearing this stuff what what was like the biggest you know challenge that you overcame you know I've had to overcome in your business that wound up being you know probably you know a big opportunity and I'm sure at the time didn't feel that way
1: I I don't know. There's like, I think a lot of times business is really about these kind of mini challenges that you have to just get through um, or you're not going to grow. Right. Like I love the title of this show, the grow show, because like growth, you know, there's a reason why it's called growing pains, not growing pleasure or whatever the hell. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's supposed <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, It's you're supposed to feel it. You're supposed to go, oh, yeah. wow, I, I should not touch the stove again or good to know. And Um, you know, and so there were so many, there are so many little things that had to happen that I had to learn from, but I, I think the, the biggest macro thing now, like, you know, as we work with federal governments and we're, 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 we're using a technology that I did not know anything about when I started my career. Like if you went to 26 year old Jess and said, right, so you're going to run an AI-enabled data data company that does da 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 da. I'd be like, <laughs> fall back and define seven of those ten words, right? So I I think for me, overarchingly, right, one one of the biggest, not so much challenges, but just something that I had to really recognize as I look back, was that it took it took longer than I expected to find the magic bullet. And in that process, I created a lot of cool technologies and we scaled and got to different things. But, you know, I'm now talking about nine figures in in revenue for what I do versus, you know, seven. Um, and those numbers are very, very different. And if I had, if, I, if if I was afraid to grow, if I was afraid to pivot, I would be probably, you know, doing good in my like, maybe like seven figure range, sometimes it'd be lower, sometimes it'd be higher, maybe would have sold. But because I was comfortable learning from my customers and listening, and I I took ego out of it and said, okay, this is cool, but it's not right there, right? So what, what would be the tech that works? What would be the tech that works? I'm now in this position where, you know, I'm getting brought in my Fortune 25 companies to advise them on innovation. I'm getting opportunities to support the you know the actual distribution and development of billions of dollars of 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 funding for infrastructure. Um, and it's it's because I wasn't afraid of the growing pains or the the necessary change that would need to happen in my business and in me to be that kind of leader. And so not so much a challenge as much as like a theme.
0: No, it's it's good stuff. And and not only is it a challenge that you've continue to overcome, but it's also great advice. And, and, uh, and I definitely think it's a great you know place to wrap on, you know, and I feel like, listen, you know, if you're not dealing, you know, you're watching the show, you, know, sometimes you think business and you hit these glass ceilings, these brick walls, you get knocked down a little bit. I don't think i have ever, if I really look back through all of like my breakthrough moments in business, getting to the next level, right. Yeah. Um, whether it's next level of revenue, next level of profit, next level of hiring, of people, of layers of management, whatever it is, um, all of those things were challenging, frustrating, you know, you felt like and, and you feel like, is it is it me, you know, and I just think it is a part of the growth journey. And if it was just easy, right, it, Yeah. then everyone would just be growing with no <laughs> no problem, right? We'd all... We'd all have billion-dollar companies overnight, and it's just not—it's not reality. So, so it's really, really well said, mm-hmm. and, and I think probably uh, really great advice. And you got to deal with some uh, some pain in order to grow it. And uh, I think when you're mm-hmm. when that's happening, instead of getting frustrated and annoyed about it, like, oh, this is one of those growth moments, and and how can I do this maybe in the most efficient way? Um, and I think pulling in sometimes the right resources and people to help maybe point out things that you're not thinking of. I know that's helped me a lot through uh, through my journey.
1: Oh yes, uh, we have a whole slate of advisors that have equity in the business that are, are that are just critical because some it's not it's not about hiring everybody. At least in the beginning, it's not about hiring everyone. But you know, you want people who are passionate, you want people who are committed, you want people who are nimble, who can then also be advised by people who have 10, 20 years of experience. And I, yep. I found that that was the perfect match to get to this point, um, you know, once you're a little bit more stable, firm, you're kind of in a growth phase, you can say, okay, I know for sure I need this person to get me from where I am right now to where I want to be in two years. But before that, you, you gotta, you, make it happen. You, you gotta, you gotta be comfortable with change. You yep. have to be comfortable being nimble. You gotta be comfortable making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have, I have a story for every single mistake. <laughs>
0: Yeah, everything. no, we definitely, we all do. And I think all, my biggest learning and growth have, have come from, from, from the mistakes. So, and if you're not trying and if you're not getting out of your zone, like you have to make mistakes Because if you're not making mistakes, you are not pushing yourself out of, you know, beyond your limits and uh, exactly.
1: you know, really, exactly. really
0: good stuff. Well, awesome. listen, I, I appreciate you being on the show today. I really love hearing your story. Uh, Jessica O. Matthews, a.k.a. uh, Beyonce and Bill Nye, the science guy combined. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really really good stuff. And I really love what you're doing. And it's awesome that you credit it from zero. So uh, much respect to you, Jessica. And how can people uh, follow you, get in touch with you? find yeah. more about your business.
1: No. So you can find me on, uh, on Instagram, Jessica O Matthews or at Jess Matt, Jessomatt, J E S S O M A T T. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Jessica O Matthews. And from there you'll see all the links and things to learn more about my company Uncharted or just more of the work that, uh, I'm doing to try to help more people create their own Uncharted's.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. Well, make sure you're hitting up that uncharted territory in order to grow yes. your business. Cause that's where it's at. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, keep growing. And thanks again for, uh, for being on the show.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.